Welcome to the Any Key Radio Show. I'm your host, Kenny Any Key Moore. This episode is the mentoring episode. We have a special guest that's going to join us in a few minutes. But before he does, we're going to get started with some music. We're going to start with the new single from Bishop Jason Nelson, In the Room. I can hear the Lord saying I'm awake and I've heard your no matter how you feel, know that I am still in control. Know that I am here, and whatever you need, it's in the room. I can. The Lord said, I'm away, and I've heard your prayer. No matter how you feel, know that I.
I dare you to just snatch something out of the atmosphere. Whatever you need from God, if you need finances, if you need restored relationship, if you need to be reconnected with God, whatever you need is in the room. Without struggle, without toil, without turmoil. That was Bishop Jason Nelson in the room. It's always good to know that if you can just be in the presence of God, you can get whatever you need. Now it's time to welcome my guest. He's a former editor of the Sporting News and currently the director of corporate initiatives for American City Business Journals. He's been a sports editor, editor excuse me, for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, as well as the Philadelphia Inquirer. He's an exceptional writer who I'm fortunate to have as a part of my extended family, as well as someone I hold in high regard as one of my mentors. Now joining us is Gary D. Howard. Gary, welcome to the NQ Radio Show. Thanks for being on. I like, I, I like that introduction, Gary D. Howard. I do. I like that. Thanks so much. Good to be on this show, Kenny. I appreciate it, man. I'm trying to be professional on here, you know what I mean? Well, you are. Let's get started, man. Tell my listeners how you got your start in writing and working in newspapers. At the start, uh, with my mom, um, who helped me uh, stay focused on the things that I that were that were going to be good in my career, and just my love for writing. When I started very early on, came out. When I was in elementary school in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, um, I really loved to write, uh, and I excelled at it. And it was something that that came easy for me. And and by the time I finished uh, junior high school in New York City, and then ended up. Uh, at a boarding school out in New Jersey, the law school school, I really started to uh, kind of see that my writing uh, was pretty good, and I loved to read. So I started reading books like Native Son, uh, things that made you just start to think, uh, and then I started thinking, hey, this is something that I could possibly do for my career, and, and you know, and next thing you know, when I was at college, it was something that I started to focus on. So kind of talk about that, because I know you went to Lehigh University, and you went there to play ball, but kind of when did you know that, that that was going to be your path and that was going to be something that you wanted to do with the rest of your life? Well, as far as journalism is concerned, when I went to Lehigh, I wasn't to play basketball. I mean, okay. I was my senior year at, at Lawrenceville, uh, but I also played hockey at Lawrenceville. But when I got to Lehigh, it was purely for academic reasons. Oh, okay, okay, you know, gotcha. Schools. Um, that I had got into. Obviously, when you go to a school like Lawrenceville School, I mean, my, my prep school costs $65,000 a year. Um, we put most of our kids go to Ivy League schools. It was that kind of a deal. Uh, so I was looking to get into the best academic institution that I could. Um, my mom wanted me to go to Princeton, but that was, I was, I grew up at Lawrenceville, it was only five miles from Princeton. So I spent four years in that area, and I didn't want to spend another four years. So we kind of, uh, I wanted to go to Howard University because I was going to play basketball, you know, and have Howard on the front and Howard on the back. 
But um, Lehigh was the school that actually was closer to what Lawrenceville was. For me, it was about a student population of about 5,000, uh, beautiful, majestic mountains uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, in the Lehigh Valley. Um, and when I got to the school, I found out they got a pretty good Division One program in sports, and they had a pretty good Division One basketball team uh, in the East Coast Conference. And I did end up walking on and making the varsity. But that's another story. When I got to Lawrenceville, I mean, when I got to Lehigh, Kenny, it was mainly, uh, you know, I started out in the business school uh, that first year. I didn't do very well that first year. Uh, this is something your listeners need to know. And I was an excellent student. I had won a scholarship to go to, only to boarding school. But when I got to Lawrence, when I got to Lehigh, um, I still had not had a girlfriend yet. And I got a girlfriend that freshman year. Uh, and I had went to a boys school for four years, so I spent most of my time uh, with a really good friend of mine named Lynette. Uh, we spent all of our time together, and I kind of neglected my studies that first semester. Uh, but then again, when I was looking at the business, um, taking uh, accounting one-on-one and things like that, it didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't vibe with me. I didn't really get a sense that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I took a one-credit course. Uh, with the with the journalism program where you actually wrote for the school paper, uh, and that changed my mind. Once I got a byline okay. in the newspaper, wow, this is cool. I like journalism. Can I major in journalism? And then I, I transferred to the uh, the school of arts and uh, and, and majoring in journalism. And you know, after that, I just started really getting better at the craft. Ended up landing a great internship through Dow Jones News Fund where I actually worked at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Dow Jones News Services was the time, but they actually did the copy editing for the Wall Street Journal and other things. Uh, and I ended up with a great internship there. And, and after that, you know, when I graduated, I had a, a bachelor of in, in journalism from Lehigh University, and I just worked my butt up, down, up to the thing. But, but finding what you like in college was a godsend for me, Kenny. I'm sure. And then, you know, once you develop, once you realize... Well, you realized earlier that you had the gift for writing, and then I'm sure working at the newspaper just confirmed everything that you thought in terms of making writing a career. Am I correct? Yeah, it is in that sense, but you also find that that's the hardest thing to do in the world, right? Um, to actually go out, watch an event, turn it around, and write a story that you have to file to, file to the newspaper in time for it to be published the next day. Uh, deadline-oriented, you're writing on, on deadline, which means you have to turn it around very fast. So um, it, it's a discipline. Um, it's a great discipline to be in. It's not for everybody. It's very difficult. I've always told many people, who say, I love to write, but writing in journalism is a little bit different. I think as journalists, we're here to, to expose the truth, um, to shed light on things that need to be told. Um, and you have to kind of come up, you have to come into this profession with that kind of attitude. Um, but having a gift for writing definitely helps. But it's also the research you have to do, the things that you have to look up to know that you're, you're writing the, the correct things. And I find many people don't want to be fundamentally sound in it, not just being able to see an introductory prepositional phrase or whether you have the right comma or whether this is capitalized or not. I'm not talking about those grammatical things, but I'm talking about having a sense for what is right and what is truthful. And I always had that about me. Uh, and it worked very well for me as I, as I look back on it, Kenny. It really worked well for me. So let's kind of fast forward the story a little bit. So um, you transitioned from writing to editing and being an editor. And uh, one of your stops was at the Philadelphia Inquirer. And you had a young man by the name of Stephen A. Smith 
who was on your staff there. Kind of talk about the early Stephen A. and your interaction with him and and uh, just how you uh, were part of his process of becoming who he is today. Well, the whole transition to being on being an editor was this. I realized who had the power in the sports department. Um, the sports editor hired all the writers. He selected the editors. He told you what you were going to cover. When you filed that story, he or she was the person that told you whether the story was good enough to be published. So I really felt like the power of the newsroom lied. Uh, in the sports in, in the sports editor's job, and that's something that I wanted to do. So I made a transition to copy desk from writing uh, and worked my way up to becoming an assistant sports editor at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, after I covered the Olympics in uh, Lillehammer, Norway, um, I got promoted to deputy sports editor. I think right before then, I got to put as the number two person in the department. Well, on one night, I can remember we were we needed someone to cover a basketball game up at Hofstra, and it was all the way up on Long Island, up in New York, and and our writer could not get up on the turnpike because it was a snowstorm and no one could travel. Okay. So I, my friend at the New York Daily News and told him, "Hey, I need one of your writers in New York. I need them to get out to Hofstra and cover this game with Drexel because Drexel was one of the schools in Philadelphia area called the Big Five. St. Joe's, Temple, um, you know, schools like that, the Villanova, uh, were a part of that pen. Uh, and I did not want to, to not have a, a coverage of a game from Drexel. So I called my friend Leon Carter and I asked him to give me somebody. His college writer wasn't available. So I said, give me anybody. Um, so he ended up putting someone on the phone with me. I talked to the young man, told him where the game was, what I needed written. And later on, after the game, that evening, he filed this wonderful game story. It was written from Dresser's standpoint. It was really very good. Um, and I got on the phone with a young man, and I said, uh, can you do this every day? And that's when Stephen A. Smith said, I could do it every damn day. <laughs> and I, and I, wow, what confidence. I'm from Queens, you know what I mean? Wow, <laughs> right. Going on and sounded just like the New Yorker that I grew up with. Uh, I love the confidence that he had in his voice. But more importantly, I love what I saw. So I asked him after he filed the story because we paid him, like I paid him actually maybe $150 or $200 to write the story for us. But I told him, why are you doing covering high schools? You should be covering something better. And he says, well, you know, he started giving me a little bit of his backstory. And I said, well, send me everything that you've written. And he sent me, a, um, mailed me all of the stories that he had written. And I really saw a talent. I said, oh my gosh, this, he's really good at this. I need to have him here in Philadelphia. And I started recruiting him to come to the Philadelphia Inquirer. But at that same time, um, remember I told you I was the deputy sports editor, Marty Kaiser uh, from the Milwaukee Journal called me and told me that he wanted to hire me as the sports editor, which is the number one spot at my own city. I'd be the boss. And I could not have yes, big time. But that's the job at the Milwaukee Journal as a sports editor at that time. I was the only black uh, sports editor in the, in the country at a major metropolitan newspaper. So I knew important from a history standpoint and breaking ceilings, it was important that I leave Philadelphia, even though it was a much better shop at the time. Trailblazer. So any time, yeah. I, Stephen A. was caught in the middle of this. Um, he was like, I'm coming to Milwaukee with you. And I was like, no, we got a lot of work to do out there. Why don't you go to Philadelphia and, and knock it out the box? Um, and he went to Philadelphia and he started covering John Cheney uh, in Temple, and he worked his way up to covering, uh, you know, to covering uh, the Sixers and then the Eagles, and then becoming a columnist. And today, uh, he's one of the best sports journalists in the country, bar none. 
But I remember him starting covering high schools, making thirty some thousand dollars a year. But he was really talented, and it, and mentoring comes from that. When I took the job in Milwaukee, um, Stephen A. I call him Stevie um, because he was so talented. I nicknamed him Stevie Wonder. So I call him Stevie. <laughs> probably the only person that calls him Stevie. Don't call him that because he probably doesn't like it, but he lets me get away with it because I've coached him for so long. But when I went to Milwaukee, Kenny, the good thing about he, every story that he would write, he would show it to me before he handed it in. He wanted to, you know, he really wanted he to He your opinion. He was thirsty for opinion yeah. and criticism, and he really wanted to do it great. Uh, it reminded me of just watching uh, Kobe Bryant's documentary about who the kind of person he is, that drive, that determination to do things great. And he really had that. Uh, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he was dedicated to the craft. And that's what I was as far as uh, coming up the ranks and, and becoming empowered. Because as a sports editor, I could hire who I wanted to hire. So invariably, uh, people of color got a better chance with me simply because I knew who they were. Uh, oftentimes, we have, of course, sports editors had a tendency to hire people who look like them. I'm trying to hire the best. If you look like me, that's just great. But if you don't look like me, I'm going to go find out because it's got to be somebody that looks like me and as good as me. Um, so from my standpoint and the mentorship with Stephen A and I it, it was, it's been a long strong road for him and he's doing extremely well I just saw him this, the last weekend he was up here uh, for uh, All Star Weekend we got, a, we got a chance to spend some time together but that yeah, I hated I missed that trip it's about listening to your mentors and taking their advice and, 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 and internalizing and making it a part of you uh, my job is to instill these things in you. It's your job to internalize them and then go go forth and knock it out the box. Absolutely. Right? That's what it is. That's what I think this is all about. So, you know, you said an interesting thing about being a mentor and how, you know, important it was to you. So kind of talk about what you're doing today. Um, well, two-part question. Let me ask it this way. Um, you transitioned from Milwaukee Journal Sentinel to being the editor for the Sport News, and that was another historic uh, milestone for you. And yes, it was. It was so, yeah, kind of talk about that and then talk about what you're doing right now in terms of mentoring. Well, when I look at it from a standpoint of leaving newspapers, I had done about everything that I could possibly do in newspapers. I felt um, I had been in a long time. I covered um, dozens of Super Bowls and NBA Finals and, and Major League and World Series. I covered two Olympics myself in Little Hammer, Norway, and Sydney, Australia. It wasn't very much I could do. Sporting news, on the other hand, was a bigger challenge to be editor-in-chief of sporting news. Obviously, the first African-American would be editor-in-chief of sporting news, but it wasn't just that. It was an opportunity to work with a magazine, to work with a new website, to work with a new app that we were building. We had four or five different ways to deliver news, and that's what it was going to be and what it is today. All right, we have the information. People are going to want to get the information the way they want it. Invariably, that's with their uh, smartphone now, that's with their laptops, that's with their, you know, with the different devices that are iPads that are out there. Yeah, digital world, digital world. It was changing to a technological standpoint. And sporting news is on the cusp of that. And I thought it would be an excellent opportunity for me, uh, considering the experience I had as far as what kind of news to deliver, to uh, combine with with, with a program that was actually going to disseminate that news on on every different level and platform. And that was an excellent and, and, and extremely challenging job. And at the same time, I loved it. 
um, but when we sold Sporting News, because American City Business Journal owned Sporting News and we sold it in three years, uh, that's when I transitioned uh, over to American City Business Journals after about a year, I believe it was close to a year uh, after it was sold, I came over with American City Business Journal and corporate. And one of my main jobs with them is to work with our national, uh, our national internship program. Uh, in order to build a great internship program, I went back, as I mentioned earlier to you, I wanted to have a news for an internship when I was an undergraduate at Lehigh. Well, I went to the people who are running Dow Jones today, and I said, how can I make an alliance with you guys and American City Business Journal so I can get 10 uh, of the best interns to put across our 43 markets uh, in the United States? And they said, well, this is what you got to do, XXXX. Uh, Linda Shockley, who is the managing director of Dow Jones News Fund and a longtime friend and colleague from the National Association of Black Journalists. We had a great conversation. She showed me the outline of what I could do. Um, and all I do is pretty much write my check and, and work on the details. And now we have one of the best internship programs uh, of any company uh, simply because we're looking to get the very best. And we're looking to put our time and our money into them and their development. One of the best things about our internship program is that there's a one-week residency, which means that every intern, no matter what, what city you're from, will be flown to New York City. We will spend a week in New York at NYU. We will have classes from 9 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock. And these are classes being led by professionals from the Associated Press, uh, from, from the American City Business Journals, all these different places so that they can come here and, and try to show them what they're going to expect when they go to when they go to their internships. Uh, we take them on different tours in the city. We spend a day at CBS. We spend a day at the Stock Exchange. We go visit the Freedom Tower. We have uh, our uh, we're on American City Business Journals is owned by Condé Nast, which um, has two floors in the Freedom Tower. So we spend a day up there taking classes. And it's an overwhelming experience for them. We get them home at night, we get them assignments, we basically grind them into dust. And then when they fly back home after a week and they go to the internship, they walk in there and they are prepared. They're prepared to be excellent at what they do. And I think that's the spirit of a true internship program is to prepare the student and then give them every opportunity to be successful. Absolutely. I think you give them the tools that they need and then they can know whether or not if that's for them or not, you know, at the end of that whole process. So I love it. So here's my, yeah, here's my last question. And I thank you for giving me some time. Um, what's your advice? What advice would you give to anyone who's looking to be a mentor or looking to start the process of becoming a mentor? Oh, just do it. Um, there's so many different ways. You can go to your local high school, you can go to your local colleges, um, you can find out what programs that you can bring in through your own personal job. Um, um, I, I remember Mega South Opportunity Incorporated, a very proud member of I that. knew you was going to throw that in. There are a lot of great service organizations out there that you can join, you can be a part of. Um, the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Clubs have great mentoring programs that you can volunteer your time. Um, and I think that's something that you got to have a spirit for. Um, I mean, your uncle, uh, Rob Strickland, who spent 17 years in the league, I remember talking to Rob, who was in 8th, 9th, 10th grade, uh, talking about what the future was going to do, offering him advice. And during his 17 years in the league, 
I was a working sports professor, sports journalist, so I had a credential. I could walk right into the locker room. I was able to give him advice one-on-one throughout his entire career, from his rookie year in New York City, all the way through San Antonio, Portland, Washington, and the other five or six teams that gave him at least a million dollars to play his last four or five years in the league. Um, so, But having that relationship with him and being able to say, hey, you know, I was a part of offering him the experience to make the right decisions, then it's beneficial for us as mentors. And it's very beneficial for the mentee because then you look up like I do on my television and I see Stephen A. Smith on there hosting his own show and he says something I don't like and I text him and then I see him laugh on screen because he just saw the text I sent because he's going to look at it and it's little things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I think all of us need to experience, Kenny, that uh, giving back definitely is a great gift. Uh, I get a great deal from it. And I think it's important for others who look like me, and especially in our African-American community, to give back your experience and your time to those so that we can make sure that they're on the right path to to a career that's going to be successful. Oh, man, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. It's just at the end of the day, it's about giving back and and helping somebody else to experience the same successes and the same opportunities that you had. I think that's what really a mentor is at the end of the day. Exactly. All right, Gary, man. I really want to pre. I really want to thank you, rather, for this time. Really appreciate you coming and getting on with me. Um, we got to do this again. Talk some, talk some sports, and and have some fun. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And as far as you personally, continue doing the things that you're doing. You're blessed with inner strength that's uh, that everyone can see uh can keep doing your thing keep that entrepreneurial spirit going keep god in your heart as you always have and just continue to be great and i'm real proud of you that's all i appreciate that hopefully i'll see you in june at the uh anniversary party absolutely all right all right that was gary d howard and the d stands for don't stop talking i'm just kidding that's my guy and it was great to have him on now it's time to get back to the music this is Yeah Lord by Terrence Mackey and New Restoration. Said it before, but this time I'm for sure. Yeah Lord. Tired of running, I can't do it no more. Yeah Lord. Because you never ever let me down. Everybody say, Yeah Lord. If you agree, I'll worship you, I'll praise you. No matter what comes, what I will do the same. Because you never ever let me down. Everybody say, Yeah Lord. Talk about it. We talk about the day of your return. We live our lives contradicting the words for what? But we know what? We know all that's in your hands. Why not serve you? The question. The question that is asked daily. But yet you still remain faithful. We know all that's in your hands. Why not serve you?
caught you king and lord of lords Break it down. You're the King of Kings. We call you King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. And, Lord of Lords. and for that we're grateful. Forever, God. So I could live a whole nother life So I just thank you for your spirit Thank you for your grace Thank you for your blessings And ain't too much to say Every day I wake up, get on my knees Put my hands together and I pray Thank you love for your love ability Man, every day Said it before, but this time I'm for sure Get real, yeah. but every 
time it gets hard uh, I be like, oh my god Yeah, start once again for a sinner like me Yeah, oh my god Yeah, I just can't believe it's love for me Yeah, oh my god Yeah, why do you do it? Yeah, oh yeah, oh my god Oh my god, oh my god, oh, oh my god I know you love me I know you care for me. Yes, you do. Show me every day. Yes, you do. Man, I'm telling you I'm so grateful. Gotta give you your credit. Ooh. Ain't nobody else did it. Ooh. Nobody. Yeah. Who would ever thought that I'd end up with a love like this? Love like this. Yeah. Who would ever thought that the Savior would be on me like this? So I stay close to that ghost. Once I get it, need some more. And ain't I need It don't matter how far I'm going Just know that I always pray for you Cause somebody did that for me Somebody did that for me I'm not supposed to be here but I am Cause the Lord he had mercy on me You gotta believe it That's why I live life to the fullest So yes I live life to the fullest And I will never take credit for His blessing to a saint from a sinner So it's all oh my God. God Let me take you back to the beginning of it all When he spoke yeah. All it took was a word and living back then they knew my name ask me how can't explain but if you knew what i knew then you say oh my god yeah started once again for a sinner like me like me yeah oh my god yeah i just can't believe it's love for me yeah oh my god yeah why do you do it yeah oh yeah oh my god oh my god oh my god oh, oh my god Jumpy key, come on! Let's do it! You don't clap your hands! I apologize to science. Uh, no disrespect to medicine. Kirk Franklin, yo! And I was created to worship. Listen, new life! I was made to worship, worship you. Come on! In the country, y'all! Uh, that sounds so good.
We got a testimony today. God used everything we went through to make us who we are. And we're grateful. Come on, say it. God gave me a vision. God gave me a vision of where I would be. Of where I would be. But he didn't show me what I'd go through. But he didn't show me what I'd go through. On the journey. On the Everything I faced prepared me. For what God has for me to do. So now that I'm here, I'm gonna praise Him. For all that I had to go through. Come on, say it. What the devil meant for evil. God used to get the glory. Give him the glory. Thank you for 
J.J. Hairston and You For Praise. If you're considering being a mentor, I hope that song inspired you to push towards becoming one. Now it's time for the Any Key Music Moment. To be a mentor, you first must be a model of what behavior you want to see in those whom you mentor. As a coach and a mentor, my primary goal is to give the kids I coach the opportunity I had to play high school and college basketball. I always tell the kids I work with that I want to see you all be successful not just in basketball, but in life. There are many kids that need positive role models in their lives, especially those in the African-American community. If you haven't been a mentor, I challenge you, take the time to invest in someone. The rewards you get from being in a child's life can be felt for a lifetime. All right, that's it for this episode of the Any Key Radio Show. I want to thank again my guest, Gary D. Howard, for joining us. Remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes, the Any Key YouTube channel, which is spelled A-N-Y-K-E-N-Y, Google Play, and Spotify. Leave me a review and let me know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, comments, if you want your music featured on the show, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, send an email to kannmusicpub at gmail.com. Again, that's kannmusicpub at gmail.com. So until next time, remember, be positive on purpose. Oh, 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 oh,